This is a Saddleback Church podcast. Psalm 139 says, You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion, as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. And Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are his workmanship, created in Jesus Christ for good works, which God prepared beforehand, that we should walk in them. Now the church likes to talk about how we are shaped by God for his purposes, and At Saddleback Church, we've gone a step further with the idea of SHAPE and made it an acronym, S-H-A-P-E, spiritual gifts, heart, abilities, personality, and experiences. These five pieces of your life, when looked at together, can help you see how God has shaped you for work in his kingdom, whether through serving in church ministry, or even in how you approach living your daily life. Now today, I want to go deeper into the idea of being shaped by God and how this fits with the idea of of vocation and calling. My guest today is Jacob Wilson. He is the ministry pastor at Saddleback Church, and he gets the privilege of teaching about shape every month. My name is Jason Wheland, and this is Doable Discipleship, a Saddleback Church podcast, part of the Saddleback family of podcasts. Now, my conversation with Jacob Wilson. Jacob, thanks for being here today. Really appreciate your time. Yeah, thank you for having me. So in the uh, opening, in the in the intro that I did, I explained what the acronym of SHAPE is. Mm-hmm. So how would you define, though, for us, I, I'd just uh, love to hear it in your own words, the broad concept of SHAPE. Yeah, so SHAPE is a biblically informed, um, kind of a personal assessment of how God has intentionally crafted and designed you for a specific purpose within his kingdom. Mm. Um, I would say that it's different than like a personality test in many ways because it's not primarily for you. There is the um, added part that shape is about you, but it's a tool to actually help you find your place within God's kingdom mm. and more specifically how God has designed you to serve others. So shape is a tool that's for us, but it's actually for others as well. So it's a little different than a personality test in that way. Well, I love that perspective and I'm sure that people come into it kind of with some probably not even a full understanding. They see that yeah. they have to fill out, you know, so here at Saddleback, uh, if you take um, our third class in the Discover Your Purpose system, um, they fill out like a shape profile uh-huh. and there are books on shape too. There's mm-hmm. lots of shape ma- material out there if your church is interested in such. But um, a lot of people see it as this, okay, I'm going to get to know myself better mm-hmm. or understand how God made me. But I love the idea of the perspective shift that yeah. like, yeah, you might learn something about you, but really it's about how you fit into God's kingdom, how God made you uniquely to serve other people, to serve him in his kingdom. Yeah. Yeah. And you're certainly going to learn about yourself. Yeah. I mean, that's part of the core of it is learning how God has shaped you. 
how he has designed you. But the output of it is now that you know how God has shaped you, the output of it is to serve him yeah. and to serve others, not to serve yourself. Yeah. Um, and it's also like it's a relational model. It's a relational tool. Hmm. So it's not just like, hey, sit down, go through this website, click these buttons, and then outspits your shape. It's a, at least at Saddleback, how we do it is it's a relational model where we walk you through all of these aspects. You reflect on it, pray on it, and then you also meet with someone who is reflecting on it and discerning with you mm. um, so that it is a relational model um, tied to that sense that it's not just about us. It's about how we fit within God's family, how we fit within his kingdom and what he wants to do with us. Yeah. So I'm a bit, I'm interested today to talk about shape, this concept of shape as it relates to our calling mm-hmm. or our vocation. And so I was uh, hoping that you could explain the connection maybe between somebody's shape and their calling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think one of the core things that we talk about with shape is that we believe that when you discover your shape and how God has designed you for his kingdom, that the result is faithfulness, fruitfulness, and fulfillment. Mm. So that when you're doing things outside of your shape, there's actually a lack of faithfulness, lack of longevity. You kind of you don't really want to be doing that. Yeah. Um, there's a lack of fruitfulness or effectiveness in that. And there's also a lack of fulfillment when we're doing things that don't fit our shape. Mm-hmm. And so I think that it's a helpful perspective when thinking about vocation. Um, I think the distinction between shape and calling um, is that shape is a tool that can help us in discerning our calling. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't give you your calling. It doesn't replace your calling. It's not like once you figure out your shape, you realize that you've been doing calling all <laughs> wrong or like, oh, now I know I'm in the wrong vocation or I'm doing yeah. the wrong thing. But it's a tool to help us discern what that calling is and maybe what direction it is to help nudge us in, in a certain direction based on whatever our shape is. Mm. Are, are there examples that you've seen of people who, who've come and been like, okay, I did, like, I thought I was supposed to do this, or I thought, I thought maybe like I was called to serve in this ministry, or I thought maybe I was more geared towards this. And then, you know, but the more that I've talked through my, my shape, the more I've thought through these spiritual gifts, my heart piece, abilities, personality experiences, all the such, I, I really can see that God is really crafting me and pointing me in this way. Have, have you seen this live out before? Yeah, absolutely. So the primary purpose of shape within our context at Saddleback is equipping volunteers for the ministry that God has designed them for. Mm-hmm. But inadvertently, when you do this, when you kind of get down to the personal stuff and uncover all of those things that are part of your shape, it does naturally affect other areas of your life. Yeah, And so it happens quite frequently that someone goes through shape pinpoints their heart, um, you know, aspects of their shape, their abilities that maybe they didn't even know they had, mm-hmm. um, different things about their personality experiences that really leverage them towards a different vocation. Yeah. Um, a lot of people come in with sort of secondary questions behind what they're thinking of primarily, sure. which is yeah. ministry or volunteering. And so they leave with a little extra than, than maybe they were expecting coming in. But there's been, um, you know, just recently there was a story of a woman who came in and she believed that God couldn't use her negative experiences. God couldn't use her, the abilities that she had. God couldn't use, you know, because she had disqualified herself 
in her past. Mm. And so coming in and learning about her shape and how God has called her for something bigger yeah. was really freeing for her. She actually went on and she, a few months later, quit the job that she was doing and she is now serving full time, helping children who are in a similar place that she was, mm. um, helping children find their purpose in life, helping them work through difficult family situations, difficult mental situations. And so part of her uncovering her shape was really unlocking a new realm of possibility for her vocationally as well. Mm. And I think the result of that is that she finds way more fulfillment in her work, way more fruitfulness, and probably faithfulness and longevity because she loves what she does because it connects so deeply into her mm. interpersonally. So uh, yeah, I mentioned it quickly in the in the intro, and then I, I just mentioned it again, but it, it's worth just reiterating, right? That shape is talking about your spiritual gifts, which the, that's something that you, you take time to discern over, you know, over time. As you become a Christian, you are, you are um, given spiritual gifts from the Holy Spirit, mm -hmm. and sometimes it takes a little bit of time to figure out what those might be. Mm -hmm. um, and then your heart, that's, that, that's your interests, that's talking about, I, I have a passion for this, your abilities or the skills that you have developed over time. Your, your personality is your personality mm -hmm. and then the experiences. And I think that is probably the one that I think uh, people have the deepest uh, connection to mm -hmm. that people go in. They not necessarily like in the case of the story that you were mm -hmm. uh, just sharing, they don't realize that God works so much through our experiences. And it's not just in ministry. It can be in life and other places in life in relationships. It could be in the way that you, um, that you interact with your neighbor or with a such and such a person. But the more that you've really take the time to think about your past experiences and pray through and work through with God or with others, in the case of shape guides, what you were talking about, yeah. um, is it really helps to see how God uses that element of your shape in such a powerful way. Yeah, absolutely. I think experiences is where there's so much power in the model of shape and how we think about ourselves because our first thought is, at least in like negative experiences, mm -hmm. man, that was difficult. God can't use that. I never want to deal with that again. Never I never want to think about it. Yeah. It was like a dark side of my my life. It brings it was a lot just, of shame or a lot of guilt right. or whatever it is, yeah. But the reality is, is that that is the area that God may want to use the most. Yeah. And when you look through scripture, there are stories of people who did stuff they probably shouldn't have done. Yeah. Um, but God uses it. God turns it around. God has a way of reversing the thing that happened in our life for good. Mm -hmm. And so paying attention to that and thinking through that, I think is an incredibly powerful thing. And I've seen it happen a lot of times. Like at the, I'm thinking of another story where, mm -hmm. um, you know, this girl grew up in a special needs home. She had siblings who had special needs. Mm -hmm. And for her, that was a burden on her heart, on her time, on mm -hmm. her energy, because it required a lot of time and intention. Yeah. But now as she grew up and she became an adult, she realized, wow, I have a gift that I can use because all these things I've learned, strategies, tools, ways of learning, ways of helping her siblings, she now helps other kids vocationally. Um, so what was a burden, what it felt like a burden, God actually uses an opportunity to now help others in a way that she probably never would have expected yeah. prior to having processed. These are experiences that God wants to reverse in your life. Mm. So let's dive a little bit more into the theology of 
shape. So, mm-hmm. so what does the Bible say about how God shapes us? So I think it's important, um, maybe if we could take one step back please, and to talk about sort of how God has set up us as humans mm-hmm. in our sort of common identity, because I think this is where most people count them out themselves out. Before they even get to how God has shaped me, they've already counted themselves out as a person um, for God using us. And so I think before we can answer the question of vocation and calling, it's important to look at how God has already created us and shaped us before we even get to what we do, kind of the why behind what. Um, And so the first thing that I always encourage people is that you are valued. Theologically, in Scripture, you see it over and over again that God places value on humans. Mm. You think about even just Genesis 1, the first day, God, the pinnacle of creation was on day 6 when he created humans, and Mm. he says that they were very good. And so... God created us with inherent value, which means that we are important, we are meaningful, and we are loved. And so our identity then flows out of a place of being precious and valued in God's eyes, which I think is important that there is no person that is without inherent value. Yeah. And oftentimes it's it's hard to find our place in life because we ourselves don't feel valued. Mm-hmm. And so just beginning in a place that like, hey, you are valued by God. The work that you do is inherently valuable because you are created in the image of God. Yeah. It's nice to start, Start. you know, if you could walk up to anybody and say, at the bare minimum, yeah. if nobody else knows who you are yeah. or you don't feel valued by a single other living person on this earth, mm-hmm. the God of the universe finds immense value in yeah. you. Like, yeah. that's huge. It's massive. <laughs> the other thing is that you're unique. And this is core to how we think about shape is that, Every single one of us is unique from our inception um, when God created us in our mother's womb, sort of like a Psalm 139. um, Mm -hmm. God intended us to be unique people. Mm -hmm. And so when you look at that angle, even from like biology, right, our fingerprints are different. Our heartbeats are physically unique and different. We're unique sociologically, psychologically, all of these different areas, right? There's no other person who is in your shoes right now. There's no other person who is in your specific circumstances, but there's also no other person that has your unique talents in your specific circumstances in your specific shoes. And so when you think about that, it's like, okay, so I am unique. God created me unique. What is the contribution then that he intended for me to have? Mm. But I think you have to start with, hey, you are created unique. Yeah. Like, and then the third, like you are necessary. Mm. You're a necessary part of God's kingdom. And I think this is where we often count ourselves out of like, oh, God can never use me. I never fit in. Yeah, there's 8 billion other people. What? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, why me? But I think that it's important to think through like, hey, you are necessary to what God wants to accomplish in the spaces and places that you've been planted. Mm-hmm. And so thinking through your family dynamic, thinking through your educational dynamics, if you're in school, your workplace, all of those different areas, like you're necessary and you have a specific contribution in any area that you're in. But beginning with the idea that you are valued, you're unique and you're necessary. Because I think most people, like I said, count themselves out before they even get to what is my contribution? Mm -hmm. It's like, no, I have to start with me as a person. I'm unique, I'm valued and I'm necessary to what God wants to do. Okay, so when we then take it as uh, as that we have 
we have unique, we have valued, we have necessary. If a person can walk through those, then the idea of shape can really start to grow and not, not just grow out of it, but could experience fruit out of it. Yeah. Because you have that foundation, you, you have that bed, if you will, and it's just, it's ripe for flowering to come out of. Yeah. Because right. once you start thinking about, man, I am unique, I am necessary, but why? Yeah. Why did God create me to be the person that I am? Why am I necessary to what he wants to do in his kingdom, in his church, in whatever spaces I'm in, family, work, school? And so once you start asking why, then I think shape is able to help hone that a lot stronger in a way that it, it might not be as strong if you didn't have that identity as a foundation. Yeah. But once you start unpacking, okay, I'm unique, I'm necessary, I'm valued. So what are the spiritual gifts that God has given me? What are the unique passions or what's the unique heart that I have that maybe other people might not have? Um, and that's the beauty is like, it doesn't have to look like other people around you. We often have like role models mm-hmm. and we tend to fit ourselves into their path. <laughs> sure. But I think going back, like, Hey, no, you're unique and your uniqueness is necessary. Yeah. And so discovering, okay, what is my unique heart? What are the abilities that God has given me? What is the personality I have? What are the experiences I've had? Mm. Um, and so all of those things I think fit into sort of a theology of shape. Mm-hmm. Once you move beyond that, sort of the identity, um, all throughout scripture, you see that there are specific people that are designed for specific tasks. And sometimes it's like really hard lined, like, um, like John the Baptist was decided <laughs> that he was going to be the forerunner of the Messiah yeah. in the womb. Yeah. Right. He had a unique calling and destiny. There's like Jeremiah, yeah, yeah. same thing, right? Mm-hmm. They had unique callings and destinies. Sometimes it's a little more, um, it's not as clear cut as that. You're not like coming <laughs> yeah. out the womb with an assignment. Um, and, and we see the process happen, right? We see Paul who lived his life a certain way before having his defining moment with Jesus and where it, there was a total reversal of his calling of the thing that he was going to do. Um, we see David sort of, we get a little more insight into his story, but you see this process of him being developed even as a boy um, and he could have said, God, why am I out here in the fields as a shepherd defending off bears and all these things? Like, is this really what you've designed me for? Yeah. And the answer is, well, no, he's designed you for more than that. Mm-hmm. But this is part of the training ground for the thing that you're going to do. And so yeah. there's like a, there's a shaping of his calling in the midst of the trials and experiences and things that he's done. Hmm. And, uh, and I think that's, I think that's a, a point worth talking about there is even if, even if as far as David got, had gotten in life was to care for sheep and to fend off the bears and lions, Mm -hmm. sheep, he was still valued. Mm -hmm. He was still unique and called to live out that purpose for whatever reason. And, and that's, and so that's something that is powerful for us as we, you know, as maybe you who are listening or find yourselves in a place where you're questioning, like, what is God even using me for? Like, mm-hmm. like, why am I here? You know, the the fact of the matter is, is, is that you are infinitely loved mm-hmm. and infinitely valued by God, and that no, even even where you are at right now, even if you 
never took another step up a ladder of uh, up a, a ladder of, you know, I, I I'll use air quotes success. Yeah. Those things are still true of you yeah. right now. Yeah. And the work that you are doing in whatever it is that you're doing is still matters to God. Yeah. Yeah. I think oftentimes when we have an angst mm-hmm. in our spirit around the work that we do, there's like usually two options. One, well, first off, I think it's important to explore the angst. Yeah. To question, why am I feeling like this? Why yeah. am I having these emotions around the work that I'm doing? Sometimes it's a, you know, a factor of, I don't feel like my work is valuable. Mm-hmm. I'm not appreciated. I'm not valued in my work. Right. Which we can combat those with biblical truths that, Hey, God values you. You are appreciated for who you are first off and what you do and your contribution is valuable. Um, regardless of how maybe your workplace or your boss makes you feel. But then I think, um, that it's important. There's usually like two directions when you start to uncover what is the angst behind this. One, you could discover that the angst is given so that God can point you in a direction that he wants you to be in, which I've had that experience in Mm -hmm. my life. I worked at a hardware store for three years while I was in seminary. And Mm -hmm. so I knew I wanted to be in ministry, but God hadn't opened that door yet. And I was working in a hardware store overseeing interior remodels, bathrooms, kitchens, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. This like I didn't think that was my shape. I don't think it is now. Like, but God had me there for a specific purpose. And so part of me discovering, like going through the process of looking at that angst was, no, God has put me here for a reason. Mm. And so w- there's two options. One, God could be pointing you in another direction. Or two, he could be bringing you into a deeper appreciation of the thing that you are doing. Yeah. Because it is so amazing that he has given us the abilities that we have the capabilities that we have to do work, um, to be influential in our workplace, even if we don't feel like things are as valuable as we may want them to be, mm-hmm. there still is this ability to look inward and look around you and say, no, I can make a difference where I am. Mm-hmm. And that was one of the perspectives that really shifted me while I was working at this uh, hardware store. I started to look at people around me um, in a different light. Mm-hmm. I started to see the relationships that I had in a different light. They weren't just coworkers. They were people that God had created mm-hmm. who had put around me for whatever reason. And so it changed the conversations that I had in that workplace. Yeah. Um, and it opened up opportunities for me to pray with people mm. as I started to share my faith, as they started to share their faith or not, um, to pray with people, to have conversations with people. I started a small group in our break room yeah, hey. um, because I felt like, man, God put me here. I'm like, <laughs> I'm in seminary for ministry, but I'm here at a hardware store. I might as well use some of the skills that I'm learning. Going to do ministry. Right. Yeah. And so that in itself created a value that was there that I got to engage in and opened up so many doors where I truly felt, man, God is using me mm-hmm. in this job that I didn't never saw myself in. Um, but he's showing me the ways that I am necessary to what is happening in his kingdom at this hardware store. Yeah. And I talked about this a little bit in last week's episode with Julie Chung, but I think there's something really powerful too about the idea of, of don't take the small things for granted, right? Don't Mm -hmm. think that you're above the small things, whether it's restocking the, the washers in the hardware store or whatever, you know, even, you know, just those little things like God doesn't look down on those tasks and say, and say, man, you are doing just just the lowest of stuff. No, he's saying he, he's saying take pride, take value in what yeah. you're doing, 
And it's all an opportunity for character building. It's mm-hmm. all an opportunity for us to to get to know even you know God even better as we start to talk with him through it and say, you know what? I may not enjoy that I have to go and scrub this thing today or whatever it is, but um, I'm going to do it to the best of my ability because my ability is is God-given, and yeah. and I'm going to exhibit the fruit of the Spirit through it, and I'm going to approach it with joy, with patience, with love, and I'm going to you know be salt and light in whatever situation it is. And just like the parable says, right, if you, if you can be trusted with the little things, mm-hmm. then God can see that, and he, and he honors that, mm-hmm. right? Um, I wanted to ask this question around shape. Mm-hmm. Can your shape uh, change over time, uh, maybe from situation to situation, um, or is it something that is like a set thing? Yeah. Yeah, so that's a great question, and it's one that we often get when we talk about shape in the, the classes that we do and, and that sort of thing. But there are aspects of your shape that can change over time. And then there are aspects of your shape that we would say don't change. Mm-hmm. And so, for instance, if you were to just go down yeah. um, each letter, spiritual gifts is one that we would say probably won't change. Um, we actually believe at Saddleback that, um, much like Romans eleven twenty nine says, that the gifts and calling of God are irrevocable. And so the spiritual gift that he gives you at the moment of your conversion or salvation, mm-hmm. those are the gifts that he gives you. And so it could be one, it could be two or three, but those things we probably don't expect to change. Um, our heart can change um, as we are exposed to things in the world, as we are exposed to different needs, um, different areas of passion. It's not like at the moment of your conversion, you were given a passion for something <laughs> and you go do it. All of a sudden, I have a passion right? for this. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So so that's the sort of thing that does sort of develop over time as you learn, as you're exposed to things, um, as you have opportunities to do different things. Um, another one that might be slower to change, but it definitely could, mm-hmm. is your personality. Yeah. Most people are introverts. Or extroverts. And there's kind of a spectrum, I guess, that you could call if you're an ambivert or sure. somewhere in there. <laughs> sure. Um, and there's a lot of people who have experienced like, yeah, I used to be a total introvert, but then I started being forced into these social situations and now I'm actually finding myself to be a little more extroverted. Hmm. What we have found though is that is a very slow process. It's not like it happens overnight where you wake up and you're all of a sudden an extrovert. All of a sudden I want to be around people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, they don't drain me anymore. Um, but but again, like it could change over sure. time, but it's not one that we're like, man, you got to do your shape you profile again to, yeah. to see if your personality <laughs> change. The ones that do change quite a bit are things like our abilities or our experiences. Um, for instance, abilities, right? We go through life, we pick up different skills, different abilities, whether it's from a work environment, whether it's from social environments, different hobbies that you kind of learn and pick up different abilities. So like, if I were to take my shape profile before I started working at that hardware store, mm-hmm. I would have no hardware, woodworking, anything experience. Sure. If I had taken it three years later after, I can do woodworking, I can do tile work, I can set cabinets because I was just around contractors. Yeah. Learning their skills and abilities, like mm-hmm. I picked up skills and abilities as well that I've actually used in ministry. I've used in other areas of my life to help people, to help the church, that sort of thing. Yeah. And so there is a sense in which you go through life picking up different skills and abilities. And so that that does change. And I think it's important to be mindful of um, of the ways that it does change. What abilities 
have you picked up over the past few years that maybe you're not aware of? Yeah. Most people aren't aware that they have around 500 skills and abilities. Wow. We ask this question every um, time we we do discover your purpose. Yeah. Three. And most people usually guess like, oh, I have like three abilities or like 10 <laughs> abilities. And then someone would be like, yeah, I have like 50 abilities. And you're like, wow, that guy's talented. But in reality, <laughs> if you look at studies, we all have hundreds mm-hmm. of abilities. Yeah, you just don't think of most of them because you just take them for granted. Like, Yeah, there's a lot of those that we just take yeah. for granted. Oh, I can add. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's an ability. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And there's a lot of those where it's like it's just become so normal for us that we don't think of it as anything special. When in reality, there's other people that don't have that ability. Yeah. We just, again, we take it for granted. Yeah. I, I think I, I'm interested in this idea of being mindful of how your shape can change specifically because God can call you into different different opportunities or different seasons. And each of those can be a little bit of, of you know, an adjustment of shape or it could be a recognition uh, on God's part of an adjustment of shape. And so often, you know, you may be called into something or or... Or maybe a better way to say it is you feel God is nudging you in this direction and you may push back and say, well, that's, you know, I, I don't, I have, I'm not shaped for that. That's just not my thing. Mm-hmm. But then if you really start to think about it, you're like, oh, well, I did go through this recently and that kind of speaks to that. Or, you know, I have kind of noticed this tugging on my heart a little bit more. I didn't, I, I just thought it was a weird thing. I don't know. But you can start to see then that maybe over time God has been molding you a little bit to mm-hmm. prep you for a new calling or a new a new uh, a, a assignment that he's given you. Yeah. So quick story. When I was a teenager, mm-hmm. um, well, even before I was a teenager, I hated public speaking. Yeah. It was the one thing that I just dreaded every time. And so up through elementary school and starting into high school, when every time there was a speech assigned or mm-hmm. you had to write a speech to give to the class, I would always on the side go to my teacher and say, hey, can I write a paper instead? I'll write two papers yeah. instead. <laughs> yeah. I will yeah. do anything you want. I just don't want to <laughs> speak in front of the class. Yeah. And they would all say like, yeah, sure. Like we get it. We'll write the paper. And so I got really good at writing papers. Yeah. <laughs> Up until ninth grade, my teacher said, no, you have to do the speech. I was terrified. <laughs> I went home. I wrote the paper because it was it had to be a paper in my mind. I wrote the speech. And the day of, I was nauseous, I was queasy. I got up to speak and I threw up in front of the class. Oh no. In the middle of the speech. So I gathered my stuff, cleaned up, sat down. I only got halfway through, I didn't even finish it. Gracefully, I got a C on the paper, on the speech. The next week, my youth pastor said, hey, I would love for you to speak in in front of our youth group. Yeah. And I don't know what it was, but I said, yes. Mm -hmm. Now, I went home and I was like, what did I just Wait. do? <laughs> because I literally, a week prior, yeah. I was throwing up in front of the class because I was so nauseous speaking in front of people. Yeah. But then coming up through that, you know, the process of prepping and teach, learning and preparing that message that I was going to give in front of 150 kids in youth group, I got up, I delivered it. I don't know how, mm-hmm. but in that moment, there was this sense of calling. What I felt was... God saying, this is what I want you to do. Mm-hmm. And so there was a distinction in my mind of how I thought as a teenager. Um, I was thinking primarily, I'm not gifted for this. I'm not, it's not natural for me. I'm not yeah. talented in this. It's not my ability to speak in front of people. 
But then on the flip side of it, God had prepared, again, like a reversal mm-hmm. of, no, this is the area that I want to use you in your vocation and in ministry. And ever since that moment, like ministry, seminary, um, speaking, that's sort of been a pathway for me. And so I look at that and I say, that's that's a spiritual thing mm-hmm. that I wasn't gifted at. I didn't have the natural ability for, but when I do it with God, there is an ability there that he is working through and he is yeah. providing the extra that I, I lack. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, it's an instance of what you were just describing. Amen. I grew up with a stutter my whole life. And who would have thought I would be doing 330-something episodes of a podcast? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I get it. <laughs> yeah. So I think it's important that, like, on the one side, when you do, when you figure out your shape and you kind of go through that process, um, one, it's good not to limit what God can do in you and through you. Yeah. Um, it's good not to, you know, say, like, oh, I don't have, you know, this ability, so therefore I'm not going to do this. Well, it's like, no, you may not have the ability now, but... Don't close God off of the opportunity of bringing you down that road of giving you that ability or calling you into a specific situation. Yeah. Um, it's important not to just say, like, this is my shape. This is the only thing that I can do. Yeah. And so at Saddleback, we talk about, like, our primary and our secondary ministry. Mm. Um, your primary ministry is the one that fits your shape the best. Mm-hmm. Your secondary ministry is, you know, where there might be need. Um, so there may be a great need in a certain area that you can fill because you're available or you're willing, um, and you can do it for a season and that might be a secondary thing that you do. Um, whereas your primary one fits your shape profile, maybe a little tighter. And so there's a little more fulfillment, a little more passion, a little more, um, fruitfulness Mm -hmm. from that. But I think it's important to, that again, this is a relational process where we talk about shape. It's not a you know, technical process where you put in the answers and then it spits out an assignment. And so there is sort of an open-handedness that we have um, with our vocation, with the places that we serve in ministry, um, whether ministerially or as a volunteer or however that may look. There's ju- there is an open-handedness to say, God, I know I'm here for a purpose. I know you've created me. And I know I'm unique, valued, and necessary. What is the thing that you want me to do? I'm going to do it with all of my heart. If it changes, it changes because my identity is so set yeah. that God is in control. He's the one who knows best, and I want to be the place that he wants me to be. Yeah, and, and that open-handedness is important because this is a partnership with God, right? God has chosen to use people to be the hands and feet of Christ on earth, and so we we have that opportunity to partner with him in the work of the kingdom but that requires us being open to the things that he is calling us to. Yeah. And it may be, you know, and there's a, a, an element of shape too that maybe you don't realize that that you were called into something, whether it's a place or a ministry, an opportunity, whatever. Like maybe the idea of going out on mission, mm-hmm. going to, you know, whether it's a foreign country or whether it's to um, to a certain area of your state or your county, and you're called to go, maybe that's something that you've just said, that is not me, mm-hmm. not my thing. But if you say yes, when if an opportunity were to arise and you said, okay, yes, maybe that's where God hits your heart right there mm-hmm. and says, hey, I've, I've been waiting for you to visit this place because yeah. this is now, you know, and maybe it becomes like a life mission for you of like, 
this is my heart piece. Yeah. This is a huge part of it now. And you just wouldn't have known if you had kept saying no. Right. So that, uh, that, that open handedness, that, that, you know, that being willing uh, to let God work, work in your shape yeah. or, or, or even to, I should say to work out your shape yes. is, is an important part of what that partnership looks like. Yeah. And I think too, in addition to that, um, as you're working it out, it's important to do it in community. There yeah. are certain aspects of you that other people see clearer than you do. Mm. So like when I was a kid, as I was kind of discerning this calling to ministry, one of my mentors came up to me one day and out of the blue, he's like, hey, what's your spiritual gift? And before I could even answer, he's like, actually, I already know your spiritual gift. It's teaching. That's <laughs> part of it. And I was like, oh, this was before I had even taught anything. <laughs> so I'm like, what do you know about me that I don't know? Yeah, you're like, wait, I... You don't know the oral report I just had yeah. to give in my classroom. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And if you did know me, then you would certainly disagree with what you just said. Yeah. <laughs> but there is something to doing this in community with other people who, one, they can encourage you, they can support you, they can kind of cheer you on in whatever the venture is that you want to do or yeah. will do. But two, they can also say like, like I've had people in my life say, that would not be a good fit if you did that. Mm. Where I had thought like, well, no, it's going to be great. Like, yeah. This is going to be awesome. It's going to be the best time of my life. And other people are like, you shouldn't, we're going to stop you before you go any further, yeah. right? There is kind of the, a graciousness to community that helps us hone, um, you know, the path that we take. And so it's important that as you're doing this, as you're maybe being curious about your calling or vocation or your shape, um, that you are doing it with people. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's important to find people that you trust, people who know you, that you can let them speak into your life and, you know, say, Hey, I've been thinking of this. Mm -hmm. and, and they may say, you know, that sounds like that. That sounds like a perfect opportunity or great next step. Or it might be, Hey, um, I don't think that's the best <laughs> next step for you for this or any reason. And that's yeah. okay. Like, like, yeah, that's, it's important to have those people in your life. Yeah. I would rather hear about it before I make the mistake. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Than after. Exactly. Right. <laughs> so hopefully by now for people who are not from Saddleback, who are listening to this and maybe the idea of shape is something that is new to you. Obviously you are now just, you know, just clamoring to want to, to go through your own shape um, exercise. So how can people figure out their shape and how would you encourage them then to consider their calling or vocation in, in light of their shape? Yeah. So the first thing I would do, um, if you're part of a local church, every local church has opportunities to serve or get involved. We always say that the best way to discover some aspects of your shape is to do it by serving, mm -hmm. not to figure it out before you start serving. I'm going to take a lot of time to really set myself yeah. and to really get through, and then maybe I'll dive into right. ministry. Yeah, when in reality, <laughs> it's like, no, start now. Yeah. It's kind of like it's easier to steer a car that's moving than a parked yeah. car. Mm -hmm. It's really hard to turn the wheel of a parked car um, because you need that forward momentum. And so in a similar way, it's like, no, just jump in. Mm -hmm. It's not a lifelong commitment that you're making in a certain sense, um, especially when you're a volunteer. Yeah. Um, jump in and try different things. Seek out different opportunities. Um, get involved in different areas. And if it doesn't fit, great. You know it didn't fit. Mm -hmm. And that also points you in another direction of what might be other opportunities that would fit or why didn't it fit or what are, you know, processing it with the people at your church. Yeah. Um, trying different things. Seeking, again, being curious um, about the opportunities that God could be calling you into, the 
skills that he may want you to have, the different passions that he may um, reveal to you. Um, again, meeting with people who could be mentors, mm-hmm. who you would call community in your life to help speak into some of that, I think is really good. Um, there is a book called Shape. I was going to put it in the show notes. Yep, that's so you great. Can send the link to yeah. it. Yeah. Um, it's a great book. Um, it will walk you through each of the, the five parts of your shape, and there's assessments in there that you can do. The second half of the book, though, is really all about honing your dream, your um, vocation, your calling, your ministry, whatever word you want to put in that blank. It's really about honing the thing that God put inside of you. And so I think it's really helpful, especially when talking about vocation and calling. That that second half of that book is is really good in in terms of helping you think through. Maybe you know what it is and you just need help with the process. Hmm. There's a lot of great stuff in there. Or maybe you still need help uncovering and discovering what that is. Um, it's a really great book to help kind of walk through it. Hmm. And then I think if you're, if you know, if you're local to a Saddleback campus, mm-hmm. join us for discover your purpose. Um, we do it, we offer it every single month. And so it's a great opportunity. Um, even if you're not part of Saddleback, yeah. it's a stop by yeah. a local campus, say hi to the people, talk to the people who are teaching it. They have a wealth of knowledge. Yeah. Um, and oftentimes they are also volunteers who found this is my shape is yeah. teaching and helping people through this process. And so they're incredibly passionate, incredibly knowledgeable. And so there's, there's great opportunity there um, as well. Hmm. Love it. Well, is there, I want to give you the final word. Jacob, is there anything else that you want to leave the listeners with right now in regards to how God has shaped them? Yeah, I would just say, again, just to reiterate kind of how we started, that you are valued, you are unique, and you are necessary to what God wants to do um, in his kingdom overall, but also in the lives of those around you. And so don't count yourself out. Don't... um, you know, take yourself out of the game. Um, but let this be an opportunity to nudge you maybe back into a dream that God gave you that kind of went dormant, um, an idea that you had that maybe you thought you weren't qualified for. Um, but I would just encourage everybody to to take it, you know, do the work, be intentional about figuring out, hey, how, how has God shaped me? Mm-hmm. What are the areas of my life that he wants to use that he's not using now? Or to use it as an opportunity to kind of reaffirm the calling that you are in. Um, and to maybe find a deeper value in the in the work that you are doing, um, but to know that that work is valuable, it's necessary. Um, yeah, yeah, perfect. Jacob, thank you for your time. Really appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me. Let's look at some doable next steps out of this episode. First, if you are interested in learning more about shape, check out the book Shape by Eric Reese. He's a former pastor at Saddleback. The link is in the show notes, and as Jacob mentioned, there are lots of great tools and insights in this book. Second, consider doing your own personal look through the Bible on what it means to be shaped and used by God. You can look up topics online at places like Bible Gateway or Blue Letter Bible and look up topics like how God shapes us or how you were created to do great things. The Bible is filled with wonderful verses and passages to remind us of our uniqueness and our value. This has been Doable Discipleship. We'll be back with you next week. 
If you enjoyed this episode, consider giving us a rating or a review on iTunes. If you do, you'll help other people find us in the future. You can also listen to these episodes on YouTube. Just subscribe to the Saddleback Church YouTube channel for these conversations, plus lots of other video content. And if you are already listening to us on YouTube, subscribe to the Doable Discipleship Podcast on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcasting app so you can listen in the car or wherever else you go. Don't forget to visit saddleback.com slash doable to check out all of our previous episodes. And go to saddleback.com slash grow to find spiritual growth resources and view a calendar of upcoming events. Lastly, you can always get in touch with us by emailing maturity at saddleback.com. Send us your thoughts, send us your questions, your Bible questions, your life questions, whatever. Who knows? Your question might just inspire an upcoming episode. Thanks again for tuning in to Doable Discipleship. I'm Jason Whelan, and I hope you'll join us again next week.